Welcome to another edition of Canton Bound, the NFL half of our Campus to Canton podcast. As always, I'm Colin. And this is Austin. And we're back again. This is two you didn't weeks have in any, a row. You didn't have anything planned to say there, did you? No, I didn't. I You're really flying didn't. by the seat your pants. Oh, this I is going to be a dangerous night. Dangerous It's going to be. I woke up feeling dangerous this morning. Uh, no, we're, we're stringing two Canton Bound episodes together in a row. That's uh, impressive. Um, we have a little bit of news uh, that we'll get to. Talk some Senior Bowl recap, and then hit a hit some hit some uh, Super Bowl predictions. Sound good to you? Yeah, go Rams! Lifelong Rams fan here, as we established yep. last week on the show. Yep, uh, and the many weeks before that, obviously, because I've I've talked a lot about my my lifelong and your Ram uh, Rams fandom. fandom mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Me and Aaron Donald, we go way back. Yeah. I um fun fact, I actually was a Rams fan initially when I started out. Um, like in you, football, because <laughs> the only reason is you're an even bigger loser than I already do. No, so we did a thing in second grade called the Super Bowl spelling bee. And it was there we divided it into two teams, and you did the spelling bee thing, and like if you got a word right you moved five yards down the field um, while your team was on offense and you went until you missed a yard, uh, a, a word or scored a touchdown. And then it was the other team's turn. Um, and the team I was on was the Rams. That was the Rams Patriots Super Bowl. Um, hey, I was on the Rams. Mm-hmm. Huh. I was on the wow. Rams team. And I, so I liked the Rams for a little bit, but I didn't really follow football that closely at that time. You know how little I already think of you as a sports fan, considering where mm-hmm. your your current fandom allegiances are. Yeah, but I chose my allegiances. I didn't rely just, strictly on. I didn't rely on regions or you know who my watching parents football liked with my dad. Like fuck that. that guy. Like, is your dad a Colts fan? Uh, he was a Baltimore Colts fan. Yeah. Now he hates the Colts. So who does he root for? He's a Ravens fan. Ravens. Oh, I thought he was not. I thought Evans said no. This no, is like a totally a, off topic thing. It is, yeah. No, my dad absolutely hates the Colts because okay. of what they did. I thought he still was an indie Colts fan and not no. and, and hated the Ravens. I thought that was the nope. The, uh, nope. Other I mean, let's just tell the other pe- the people where who else you root for. You're we Colin lives in almost smack the middle of PA. If you like mm-hmm. look at a map, that's that's basically. I guess you've moved a little further east over the yeah. years, over to like a little further east, a little further south. But he's from literally smack the middle of the, the state of Pennsylvania. He roots for the Atlanta Falcons, mm-hmm. the Dodgers, I'm interested. the St. Mm-hmm. Louis Blues, UCLA mm-hmm. men's basketball, mm-hmm. and Penn State football. So mm-hmm. Penn State college football is literally the only moderately okay thing that you have going on well growing up i hated steelers and eagles fans so i was not going to be we hated you so that's fair actually so i was not going to be a fan of either one of those so i chose my own i like the dodgers because sandlot is and was my favorite movie growing up is this you still your favorite movie um, it's definitely up there. It's definitely okay. up there. I love Sandlot. I have the uh, the 25th anniversary pair of the PF flyers that Benny wears in those. Of course you do. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I have reasons for my fandom. Okay. But we're not going to bore everybody with, with the, <laughs> says the, the guy that has no reasons for his fandom. I have reasons. I have reasons. I have reasons. Yeah, I have reasons for all my fandom. Hit me up on Twitter if you want the reasons, but we'll get into the show here. Um, you know, before we do that, obviously check out campus to Canton.com. Um, you know, this is the flagship pod for campus to Canton.com. So, you know, we're obviously all of our written work you can find over there. We're pumping out content constantly. We have a new CFF team. We have a new Devi team that we're working on putting together a lot of content that way. We're overhauling a lot of stuff. Um, so get in now two ninety nine a month, twenty nine ninety nine a year. Um, but this podcast is part of the fantasy points media group, along with a ton of other great pods, including the true North fantasy podcast play to win podcast dynasty happy hour the injury prone podcast with dr edwin porus dynasty vipers the smoke show triple play and the fantasy points podcast you can follow them on twitter at fantasy points live or check out the friday drop that recaps the week in the fantasy points media group um we'll start off with a little bit of news here first one alvin kamara was arrested for battery uh, we're not going to get too into the um, into the legal side of things, but there's apparently a surveillance video that shows Alvin Kamara punching somebody um, approximately eight times. Um, and then other members of Kamara's crew joined in. So that is a whole lot of not good. That is what happened in Vegas right after the Pro Bowl. Um, so we'll see how that... The Pro Bowl. Oh, was it? I thought it was after the Pro Bowl. It happened the night before. Oh, that's I the best it was the night part after. of the story. It happened the night before, and they waited till after the game to go get him. Like I, <laughs> it had to have been apparent who it was rather quickly. I can't imagine that it took them until that you know that point to realize that if they didn't go get him before he hopped on his plane, like a, you know, a romance movie at the end that <laughs> didn't stop him at gone. the terminal, that he was gone for forever. <laughs> they would never have told Alvin how they felt about what he did while he was in Vegas. <laughs> so I guess Valentine's day is here. Maybe that's this year's Valentine's day movie. It's either that there one or the one with um, one of the Wilsons. I can never remember which one's which. And, um, and, um, Oh my God! I can't remember. Either. Owen Wilson and J- Owen Wilson and Jay Jennifer Lopez. Jay Lowe. Yes, Jay Lowe. Thank you. Uh, Mary, I me. swear that was like a boomer energy there. That one guy, <laughs> that one, that one, that, that, that one, one singer. Wait, you shake her booty too much in them bright outfits. Yeah, no, that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are our two Valentine's Day movies this year. But yes. yeah, I mean, that, uh, it's it's a really interesting story. I, he's probably in some trouble. Yeah, especially with the video, um, you got to figure he's probably looking at a suspension whenever that comes down the line, how long it's going to be, going to have to be something to monitor. Um, but he's really the only piece of that Saints offense that we're even interested in, right? Uh, really anybody else like Michael Thomas, maybe? I was going to say Michael Thomas is the only other one, but I'm like, well, is it like, is Michael Thomas there next year? I mean, who's whole, throwing him the ball? whole new coaching staff yeah so it's um who, who knows yeah so it was really just it was really just alvin kamara um but this is going to be something to keep an eye on that's gonna i think have a pretty big impact on the sync season next year um other bit of news rob gronkowski says that he likes joe burrow 
He likes uh, the idea of playing with Joe Burrow. Now, he has not said he wants to go to Cincinnati. He has not said he's returning. He has not said he's retiring. Um, just something to, uh, to to keep an eye on here. But they do have a need at tight end. So are we interested in Gronk if he ends up there? You're muted. Sorry. Had to get it out of the way. What about CJ Uzoma? Uh, no, not really all that interested in him, to be honest. So I'll be I'll I'll be honest. I don't I don't see I I don't see that working out very well. There's already a ton of target competition there. I mean, if anybody, it would just kind of bump Tyler Boyd further down, but I, I have a hard time believing he would be targeted more than uh, 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 Higgins's or Chase's. I mean, so I, it'd be an interesting marriage. I, I don't know why he wouldn't just stay in Tampa because they're going to go get somebody. I think it's inevitable. We talked about this last week, but I, I really, really do think that they're you keep driving that Rogers to Tampa Bay band or Russ. I mean, some I, I, it would it would not shock if you're Tampa, you have the roster. Spend three firsts. Screw it. Three they're firsts. They're oh, you know Russ. You're talking yeah. for Russ. Okay. Yeah. I thought you were talking Rogers. I was like, who? Tampa's like the uniquely positioned where I think they would be willing to spend the most for anybody. It's yeah. just, you know, do those franchises want their quarterback to stay in the NFC and just whoop them for the next you know, five to ten years? Because that's basically what's going to happen if they do that. So, I don't know. But I think they go get somebody. So, I, th- I think Gronk ends up staying where he is or retiring. Like, I don't think he mm-hmm. goes elsewhere because he's not a free agent, is he? Uh, I thought he just signed a one-year deal. Uh, uh, maybe he did. I don't know. Um, so, another thing to just kind of keep an eye on, something else. That's interesting here. Kyler Murray removed all Cardinal stuff from his social media. Um, we don't really know what that means. He can't really go anywhere um, because he's next year is his fourth year. And then they have a fifth year option that they can pick up because he was a first round pick. So he's locked into them for another two years. Exactly. Do you think this is kind of an indictment on Cliff? No. No, he says he wants $55 million a year. And if I'm if I'm the Cardinals, I say, okay, go find it. And people are like, well, he'll go play baseball. Who is going million. to pay him $55 million a year to play baseball? Nobody. Even if he was the one that you know, the top overall pick in his whatever, and he like having never played in a major league baseball, they are not going to pay him $55 million a year. If no, I'm Arizona, I, think- I say, okay, bye-bye. Yeah, I think Oakland uh, owns his like draft rights as well. Yeah. So he's not like he could even be a free agent for baseball. Plus, baseball has that weird, I mean, they're in a lockout right now, but they have that weird arbitration rule where like it takes longer even to hit like true free agency now. So yeah, it's uh, good luck finding that money in baseball too. Um, no, yeah, it's like the, the top five players make that money. Like he's, and I actually don't know if they even make 55. I mean, what is like Mike Trout or Bryce Harper? Those guys make it's a lot. Mookie Cooper, 
I don't know if it's 55 yeah. mil or not. I honestly don't know. Um, I don't really don't care for baseball that much. It's too, it's, it fair. lasts too long throughout the year. Like I just can't stay locked in on something for that long. Um, like I'm already like people in NFL fantasy leagues are like, I, I want to trade. I'm like, dude, like give me a fucking month, man. The season just ended. Like, let me think about this shit and then I'll get back to you. Trav hitting you up with trade offers. No, I've got one league where this yeah. dude literally will not stop offering me some sort of variation of Joe Mixon and Joe Burrow for Lamar Jackson and Kyle Pitts. <laughs> I'm like, he's like, add it. He's like, I'm just like, dude, like, I'm not going to make that trade. That's completely beside the point. Um, Fair enough. We got off on yeah, the so Baseball, I can't. But like, he's not going to go. No, I don't even think an NFL team would pay him that much. No. Like, if Kyler Murray hit free agency. I don't think a team would spend $55 million on it. What did um, what'd Mahomes get? Like 40? 40, I think. Because he got 500 mil over like. Oh, then that's 50. Years. It's 10 or 10 years or something. I thought it was like 12 years. We probably should have that pulled up, but that's fine. Yeah, but yeah, Mahomes doesn't get that much money. I don't think Kyler Murray, I think he's good. I don't think he's Mahomes. His hit, so, Patrick Mahomes' cap hit, hits hits fifty three times during the length of his contract from twenty twenty three to twenty thirty two. It's mostly right around forty to forty five. He has one random year in the middle where he's making fifty nine nine five, and then the last two years he makes just over fifty. But every other year it's like forty six, forty four, forty one, forty four, forty one. Like it's not stupid money, like. Like it would be for a for guy for a million. guy that like I like Kyler Murray, but he's like seventy percent of Patrick Mahomes. Like, yeah, let's be honest. And that's not an insult to him. That's just he's not in that same class at all. And I kind of doubt that he ever would be. Yeah, I think I do think Cliff Kingsbury's system helps him out um, from a numbers perspective, uh, a volume and stats perspective too, which. You know, you know they're, the the Cardinals start ended slow, ended the year slow. They tailed off at the end there. I don't think I mean, that's necessarily. Kyler was an banged up. Mm-hmm. DeAndre Hopkins was not playing. I mean, the, 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 your best offensive weapons outside of those guys this year were AJ Green, the, the corpse of AJ Green, AJ Green, James Conner, Zach Ertz. I mean, they did a really good job of kind of plugging holes. Christian but, Kirk. No. No, no, I think he did Christian... try and I don't think Christian Kirk is very good. No, I think he's better than the ghost of AJ Green. He might be. I think he actually did outproduce him, probably. Yeah, Green Boom. played fewer games too. But... Boom. Um, all right. Well, I mean, that's you know, just something to that's it's interesting. I don't think it's going to really resolve into anything there, but it's a slow news cycle. Uh, other news, though, we got combine invites. Uh, the list was revealed here. Um, was there anybody that stood out to you as a glaring omission? So there was only one that stood out to me, and that's Jared Stearns. I know that Western Kentucky isn't, you know, the biggest school ever, but he was tied to Bailey Zappi, who got senior bowl invite. And and combine invite and all this kind of stuff. And you would have thought, you know, his leading guy, the guy that led the NCAA and, and basically every receiving category, 
would have gotten an invite because it's not like like I don't think he's a bad athlete and his size isn't terrible. Like you know, it's not like he's five four one one forty or something like or you know just <laughs> like going to run like a five second forty. Like he he has you know some legitimate athletic uh, things that are that are good about him. So he's the only one that stood out to me. The one that's really interesting to me, the guy that I haven't watched at all, and again, it's probably not a guy that like actually would ever really like make it make it in the league. But but it seems like that Akil Glass kid is from what Alabama A and M. Mm-hmm. Seems like a, a name that's popped up on like virtually every list of like you know media talent evaluators has said they thought would be there. So that's an interesting one to me. Um, just because, like I said, I haven't watched any of him, but it seems like everybody's kind of saying, you know, this kid probably should have been there. So that makes me, you know, I'll probably go see what I can find on this kid. I don't know how much Alabama A and M stuff is floating around out there. Definitely, probably won't find any all twenty-two of it. But um, I'm interested to watch him. But those are the only two that like really stood out to me as like odd that they weren't invited at all. Yeah, uh, there was. I definitely agree with Jareth Stearns. I mean, you said the guy led the NCAA in yards this year. He had what was like 120 receptions or something like that. I think it was even more than that. Yeah, he had like a stupid amount of receptions. He's not small. He's not big, but he's not small. He's like slot size for the NFL. Uh, you know, he's he's a decent enough athlete. Like you would have thought he would have got the invite. But one other he person had, I thought he had a, he had 150 catches for 1902 yards and 17 touchdowns. I think all but the touchdowns and maybe the touchdowns did too. Led the NCAA or like the you know the FBS. And he's mm-hmm. listed at five nine one ninety five. I mean, even if you take ten pounds off the weight or whatever, that's still not no bad for that size. And maybe he's also not five nine. I don't know. Where's all the, we, the Twitter we trigonometry? We're not going to know like until him. he gets uh, until he gets measured. And everybody knows that the they're camera. allowed to wear heels at their pro day. So we'll never really know, unfortunately, how tall he is. We won't because he wasn't at the senior bowl. Wasn't at, he won't be at the combine. Uh, but one do, guy that's um, – Did he do uh, any uh, all-star game? I don't, I don't remember. Sure, I mean, there's like a thousand – there's a thousand all-star games. I'm sure he did one. You know, there's the East-West Shrine game, the NFL PA Bowl. There's the um, – it's not Honolulu. Is it Honolulu? Hula. Hula. The Hula Bowl, right? The Hula Bowl. Yeah, there's like a, there's a million of those all-star games. I'm sure he did one. Um, but anyway, the one guy that stood out to me as a snub, uh, wide receiver from Coastal Carolina, Javon Halai. I mean, I don't understand why he's not on this list. Um, he, you want to talk about good size. He's six two, 200 pounds, uh, back to back years of 65 catches, a thousand yards, 10 touchdowns as a junior, seven touchdowns last year. Um, and before somebody corrects me, yes, I know he was at 998 yards as a junior close enough. Don't round um, up. Jeez. <laughs> close enough. Uh, but as a sophomore, he put up almost 500 yards. Like this guy was producing throughout the entire entirety of his college career in a very run heavy offense uh, at coastal Carolina, good size. I think he's a solid athlete as well. Uh, it just, and coastal Carolina actually got a fair amount of recognition throughout his time there. You know, they were ranked, uh, I believe it was like top 15, two years ago, last year, 
you know, they were ranked throughout the course of the year before they dropped a, a game. I think it was to App State. Did they lose? I think they lost the game to App State, but then they, you know, um, they're in the Sun Belt there with Western Kentucky, who ended up, I believe, winning that one. But either way, you know, it's not like he's at some little podunk school. Uh, I was kind of surprised that he didn't make the list. I mean, I, the fact that they were top 15 doesn't necessarily mean they're not a podunk little school, but that's beside the point. Um, sorry. By podunk little school, I mean they're not North Texas. You know. I mean, usually they are. <laughs> I don't know what we're trying to do here. Um, They've been good I, the past couple of years. I had a seventh round grade on him, so I don't think it's outrageous. But I think, you know, wow. I don't see a role for him in the NFL. I think he's not very fast. I don't think he's a particularly good route runner. He's very much like a college only. Like, I, I don't think he would is going to do anything in the NFL personally. But, and I think someone was saying, I've been trying to find this chart and I can't find it. That like the odds, if you're not invited to the combine mm -hmm. as a receiver and like getting drafted or like is like infin infinitesimally small. So, yeah, I think if you liked javon highlight i think you just kind of cross him off your list at this point yeah no I, I had seen that study as well yeah where if if you're not a combine invite it's getting drafted is very low if you don't get drafted the hit rate is very low you know there's very very few adam Thielens out there um and i don't think javon halai is one of them i don't think betting on a guy to be the next adam Thielen is a winning proposition so yeah he's He's pretty much off my list at this point, but he was a guy that I was interested in. Well, there are a bunch of Adam Thielen's running around the league, right? I mean, think of all the guys that came from tiny schools that didn't go drafted and are leading their teams in receiving. There's a lot of them. I mean, Cooper Cup, but he got drafted. <laughs> yeah, he did. And was at the combine. So and was at the combine. Torpedoes that senior bowl. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, there aren't any. I don't think. Uh, I mean, Tyreek. Yeah. yeah um, it's a little just, different. Yeah. Yeah. But a Tyreek didn't even really like truly play a wide receiver. Yeah. Right. You know, so. literally anytime there's a wide receiver outlier question, the, one of the answers is Tyreek Hill. Like, yeah. Literally every single time. We're doing this is year, year one zero wide receiver stuff right now. And he, there's like three guys have hit wide, a wide receiver one season after, and he's one of them. Like, you just know mm -hmm. right away that he's, you know, yeah, that guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's an outlier in every sense of the word. That's why, you know, everybody gets driven a little bit crazy when somebody's like, Oh, they're the next Tyree kill. Well, probably not. Javon Hiley is the next Tyree kill. You're already here first. I mean, similar size, similar profiles. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, that's going to do it there for news. Um, we do have part two of the coaching carousel here. Um, I think it was pretty much immediately after our show ended last week that the that Jacksonville hired Doug Peterson. Is that right? It was like hours yeah. afterwards, or like yeah, the next was. day. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So Jacksonville hires Doug Peterson, former Super Bowl winning coach for the Eagles. Um, he had a productive offense early on in his career it seemed like that kind of stagnated a little bit but i do attribute some of that stagnation to an injured carson wentz and a lack of receiver talent um 
So I don't necessarily hold that against him. Uh, but he does bring in Press Taylor, Zach Taylor's brother, uh, Zach Taylor, head coach of the Bengals, um, as the OC. Um, he was with the Colts previously, I believe, um, and yep. which makes sense. He's on Frank Reich's staff. Um, so he brings him with him as the OC. Um, is this is this a good hire? Do we like this one? It's a TBD, I guess, right? You know, I mean, no real experience that we can point to. It's kind of like the Gaddis thing. Like, has Gaddis ever had control of an offense by himself? We don't think so. And Press Taylor, I think there's even less of a question about it where, mm-hmm. you know, his his career basically was with the Eagles for like six years as some like quarterback coach, I think was the highest thing he ever got to there. And then he was a senior offensive assistant. What does that mean? I don't, I don't know. I don't, so they make, I don't think we have any ideas. I, I would even be hesitant to presume that he thinks similarly to his, his brother. Like, I don't even know if we know that. So I definitely a jury still out. Is, is it better though than hiring a failed name? Like, would you rather have a guy that's literally never done it for Trevor Lawrence than a guy? I'm trying to think of like an offense coordinator that's been around for forever and is like it's been mediocre Adam Gase. For his whole career. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of it off the top of my head. But the point stands. Besides Adam, yeah. But mm-hmm. I said no. I agree. Colin. Yeah, um, yeah. Jury is still out on Press Taylor um, for Doug Peterson. I think with Jacksonville that was a. It was a very safe hire after they went the last route, which was to hire a college coach who was unproven and that failed very unceremoniously. Uh, I think bringing in Peterson was a safe move on their part. So I like that. Um, I think Peterson is probably going to be the one who's in charge of the offense there, despite bringing him bringing in press Taylor. So I do like that for, for Trevor Lawrence. I think he can help him write the ship a little bit. You know, obviously, there's a couple other people in this cycle here that I probably would have preferred for Trevor Lawrence. Brian Dabble's a name that keeps popping up. Um, that's somebody that I think would have been very good. Uh, I know Eric Bieniemy is kind of a not necessarily controversial name, but there's mixed feelings on him. I thought he, I think he would have been good for Trevor Lawrence still too. Um, so I, I think this is. Not not a stock up for him, but it's not a stock down. It's it keeps Trevor Lawrence right where it's at for me. It's it's not Status Byron quo. Leftwich, right? I mean, that's that would have been a good one, but they apparently didn't want to part with Trent Balky. So, okay, you know, you got to choose the guy that's shown that he fails over and over and over again doing his job, or the guy that you know is kind of up and coming and mm-hmm. their quarterback. Obviously, you choose the guy that has failed over and over and over again because eventually he'll mm-hmm. learn, and then he's going to be dangerous. Yeah. That's yeah, what record. we keep saying about you at the site. And I think mm-hmm. we're getting close. I'm not sure yet, but I think, you know. Well, that there. that's really reassuring. I'm glad that you said that because, like, I thought I was getting close. But, you know, sometimes you overestimate your own abilities, you know. So, yeah, I well, you, glad yeah, you, you said that a couple times before. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I get yeah. It. Yeah. So, it's, it's nice to hear that coming from you as well. Uh, who is you? Who is my harshest critic? for sure. Um, But thoughts on the impact of the running game here, Doug Peterson. 
um, kind of rotated backs there, uh, um, you know, at during, throughout time uh, at when he was with the Eagles. Um, believe he was the head coach there where Shady was there for like I think a year or two, but after that they were kind of really rotated backs. Um, and Jacksonville has two good ones: James Robinson, Travis Etienne, two guys that we think we like. Uh, what's the impact here? Do you think for those two? Do you see one standing out over the other, or you think it's no. going to kind of be a committee backfield? I um, I don't know what to think because they're both coming off major injuries. They're both. It's a new coaching staff. I think we like if I'm making a, I'm definitely I'm not touching James Robinson this year ever. Mm-hmm. Um, late I, injury. Yeah, like well, and even then, like I just think you know all those different factors like he's not the athlete trevor Etienne is it's a new coaching staff Etienne has the, the draft cap on him like i it just seems like a bad bet to me um i don't know what his adp is but i would assume it's too high probably too high yeah travis travis Etienne that was a guy that i was trying to acquire at various points last year because um, i do think he will be back. I think he'll probably lead that backfield, at least in the early part of the year with James Robinson's injury. But I think once they both come back, I think Peterson's kind of the guy who's probably going to give it a, a, a thunder lightning type of approach. Yeah. It'd be interesting to watch um, because ETN's price didn't go down at all this year. That's Not kind really. of like the, con- that's kind of the concerning thing about him. Like, I don't know if I want to spend that on him. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. Um, other hires that we had here, though, this cycle, Dolphins hired Mike McDaniel, offensive coordinator from the 49ers. He comes from the uh, Shanahan tree. He is a, a run game coordinator there for a while before he was the offensive coordinator. Um, so he, he has a, an expertise in the running game, which I think is one area that the Dolphins are lacking right now. Uh, I mean, they have Miles Gaskin, Salvin Ahmed, Duke Johnson, Jared Dokes. They don't really have anybody there that you feel good about, um, even really in uh, a Shanahan type of a scheme, which you have to assume Mike McDaniel is going to bring with him. Uh, you know, if anything, I thought that their passing game was likely better in better states with Tua, this guy that I like, Jalen Waddles, a guy that I like, um, Devontae Parker's still there, Will Fuller's still there. Uh, so they have some options in the passing game with this rushing attack. Do we think they're going to bring in somebody here early in the, in the draft? You can't, well, I don't know about early in the draft, but you can't go through a whole nother season with that backfield. Like mm. that's just not feasible. Um, so I think they'll go after somebody. It'll be interesting to see like, is the second round that seems kind of early for some of these backs though, but then are Spiller and Hall gone by the third. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know what they'll do, but I don't I don't think you can go in the next season with Gaskin and Ahmed and Dokes and whoever else that they have there. I just don't think that's feasible. And he, he comes from a background where they running backs are kind of interchangeable. So they I don't I could see them spending like a fourth round pick on Jerome Ford. Yeah, or you know, just he's somebody that, that Tyler Algier, I don't know if he falls that far or not. I mean a guy like that, I think, could you know go there and and be decent for them. 
We are interested, though, in the running back for that offense, though, right? Probably. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of where I was at, too. Like, whoever ends up with the, the – whoever Mike McDaniel brings in, whether it is – you know, there's a couple guys in free agency this year. Melvin Gordon will be a free agent, I believe. Fournette is also going to be a free agent. Um, there's a couple other guys here or there. So maybe they bring in somebody that route, bring in a, a later rookie, like you said, in the fourth, and have those guys compete because – the Shanahan, especially with the 49ers, the running backs there have been really interchangeable, but whoever has been there has been good. Yeah. So, um, other hires we have the Saints hired their defensive coordinator, Dennis Allen, as the head coach, which seems like a meh hire. To yeah, me. I don't really have any interest in talking about that. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, I know it's, it's, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I notoriously hate um, defensive coach head hires. So I will, I will say I don't even think like we're the only ones that aren't interested. Like, what media outlets were talking about Dennis Allen being hired as the offense or as the the head coach there for no. more than an hour? Nobody, nobody's interested in talking about that. <laughs> that team's gonna st- that might be the worst team in the NFL next year. Probably Oof. Houston will be worse, but that'll was... be a bottom five team. <laughs> yeah, I do think the the Saints are going to struggle next year, especially depending on who they have at quarterback depending on what happens with the Alvin Kamara situation. Uh, one thing we do know, though, is that Pete Carmichael, the offensive coordinator from this past year, will not be back. Um, so we don't know who the OC is going to be there. That'll be something at least to moderately pay attention to. But I don't think there's going to be a lot of fantasy-relevant options in that offense this year. No, no. I would be willing to put money that there probably isn't. There isn't anybody there now except for Kamara. And then, again, Thomas, if he's healthy. Yeah, like we don't even want. We don't even care about the wide receiver three there now. Like I don't yeah. think we're gonna care about him next year magically. Nope. Um, but we move into a team that is, like you said, probably going to be worse. Um, the Texans hire Lovey Smith as their head coach. Uh, this is the most perplexing hire of the cycle for me, without a doubt. Lovey Smith is sixty-four years old. He has not had a winning season at any level in a decade. Uh, since 2012. I mean, this is, I don't know why you fire David Cully, who felt like he overperformed that with the, the, with like the roster that he had. And you bring in Lovey Smith, who was on that staff as was associate head coach or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. He was already on that staff. So you're not bringing in anybody new. I, I don't understand this one at all. Um, I love you. This feels like a, a similar situation with David Cully where they're going to fire Lovey after one year because I think the Texans are going to be a top three pick. Yep. 100%. I don't want to, I don't want to say they're going to be the number one pick because you never really know. Um, you know, you, you feel pretty good that they're going to be really bad, but you know, outside of going zero and 16, it's hard to say, you know, they could lock their way into a game especially if Deshaun Watson does end up back at some point. But top three pick, even with Deshaun Watson, feels likely for me. Do they? Does Watson play next year? I still think there's a lot of question marks around that. There are a lot of question marks around that, for sure. I follow um, – do you follow the Drew, yep. um, the attorney yep. Yep. on Twitter? Yep. Um, did you see his breakdown of that case? Yep. Yeah, so he was saying that – and it's been a little while since I read it, so – me if I misquote anything there, but he was saying that because there hadn't been any news at all, 
Um, he thought that it was leaning likely towards Watson possibly settling in that case, which would get him onto the field a little potentially um, at some point next year, depending on the way that, I, that shit. I, I think if he settles, they suspend him. I think they do too, There's but how long? For it. There's precedent for it. Ben got how many games? Deservedly so. I'm mean, mm-hmm. not a question of the mm-hmm. Ben's culpability or deservedness of a. But I, I mean, if if Ben got several games, he should get several games as well, and probably mm-hmm. more than, mm-hmm. than what Ben got. If we're being honest, right? I, if he settles, I could see him getting eight games, something like that. But I think if he settles, I do think he'll be on the field in 2023. Um, just based on that threat, and I have zero lawyer experience. But even with a half of season of Deshaun Watson, I think that the Texans are still a bottom three team. That roster is just not good. How well does Davis Mills have to play for the first half of the year for them to say, we don't want this headache anymore and get rid of Watson? Extremely well. Because I don't think Davis Mills is a... I think Davis Mills is a fine stopgap the quarterback i think he's like a chase mc or a chase daniel type guy where he's gonna bounce around and he'll get a couple opportunities here and there and he'll probably be in the nfl for a long time but if i ever have to start davis mills like i don't feel good about the direction of my franchise yeah i mean you f- it feels like the best possible scenario for him next year would be slightly worse Mac Jones. Yeah, that, I think that's a ceiling. So they don't have top, any... That's like the 20th best quarterback in the NFL, maybe? Maybe. Sorry, Patriots fans, don't come and get me. But... <laughs> He's at Debbie Dietz on Twitter for anybody who wants to at him. How, how was he at the Pro Bowl? Did that many people say no? I mean, did you see the whole like controversy around the Pro Bowl and like they didn't even like play hard at all? Yeah. Well, I didn't watch the game, but yeah, I saw some yeah. clips and stuff. Yeah. Which I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily blame them. But you know, the players had a, some of the players had really good points. They just went through a seventeen game season. You know, they're not going to lay it on the line for a All Star game that's meaningless. So I get that. But point being, there's probably a fair amount of guys that opted out and yeah. said no thanks. I mean, because that dude didn't deserve to be within a 500-mile radius of the Pro Bowl. Like, just didn't belong at all. Bizarre. Yeah. You know, worst Pro Bowler in recent years? Like, I honestly, like, I'm trying to think of a guy that went that was just like, like, and I'm, he's going to, like, he's young. Like, he's going to have years left. This year, though, like, no. <laughs> no, it's just weird to me. Yeah, I agree. Uh but we now have all of the the coaches, um, all of the spots are filled at this point. Kevin O'Connell is expected to fill the Minnesota job. He can't officially take it until after the Rams are out of the playoffs, I believe, and they're in the Super Bowl. So he'll probably take it on Valentine's Day. But uh, moving into the Senior Bowl this week, that was the big event here. Uh, we had some news from there. You know, it's it's always a a popular event. A lot of people from the fantasy community go. You always see people all over Twitter talking about this. And you know who who was a riser, who was a faller, who stood out. You know, they always like to cite guys like Cooper Cup, who significantly improved their stock from that performance. Um, so a couple of uh, we we got a couple of 
bigger stories that you see circling over Twitter uh, to get to first, and then we'll get some of our thoughts on it. Uh, but first, I think we have to start with Christian Watson. Who is this Christian Watson guy? I didn't know who he was before this event, I'll be honest. Uh, oh, really? I saw he was on the roster for the Senior Bowl, but I really didn't pay that close attention to him. Um, he's, a, what, a sixth-year guy? Fifth? More than fourth, yeah. Yeah. He's been in he, – he was at he was at North Dakota State for five to six years, and the hit rates on guys like that are just – are pretty low. So I was not paying that close of attention to him. I knew he I, – I was aware of him vaguely. But reportedly, Christian Watson stood out at the event. He During the weigh-ins, he weighed in at 6'4", 210 pounds. Um, so he's got that alpha NFL size. He stood out during practices. People were raving about him. And he is a size-speed guy. Um our own uh, solving football, David, at the site, um, clocked him at twenty-two point nine miles per hour on one of the uh, on one of his runs. There was one source out there that you know thirty-seven different articles liked to sort to to cite, but it's still all that one source. Depending on no matter how many times you cite that one source in an article, it's just one source. But they all clocked him at twenty-three miles per hour. So right in line with our own solving football. That was the fast, that would have been the fastest that anybody had run in the NFL this year. Size speed guy, turning heads at practice here. Uh, how interested in Christian Watson are we? Zero. I am zero interested in Christian Watson. <laughs> zero. A guy that was a late breakout at a tiny school in a crappy division. The only, if I remember correctly, we looked into this the other day, if the only um, metric in which he performed fairly decently was yards per team pass attempt, everything else he really struggled in. He So I, I wasn't at the practice, obviously, but I saw a lot of clips going around, and there was literally nothing that impressed me at all. Like, they're like, he moves great for his size. Anytime you got to put for his size as a qualifier... Nah, 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 nah. Straight line guy, like what MVS, I think is kind of like the ceiling that we came to, mm -hmm. and like our group Slack discussion for the site. I mean, I don't see anything here. If he goes like a a day two pick is a waste of a pick on this kid. I'm not interested at all in him. Uh, to just, I I won't have any Christian Watson this year. How dare you! I know. Dashing everybody's hopes left and right. No, I actually, I agree with you. Uh, he, first of all, like you said, late breakout. He's like a fifth or sixth year guy uh, coming from an FBS school. Not really a guy that I was that interested in to begin with. The size speed thing is awesome. 6'4", 210 pounds, running that fast in a straight line. Awesome. Don't think he's, a like you said, from clips that I saw, I don't think he's a particularly fluid mover. Um, uh, as as far as like an athlete goes, I'll have to dive into his tape a little bit more because I didn't really dive into any tape on him before that. But I'll be surprised if I see anything that just really wows me. I don't see. I still don't see him going day two uh, with all the receiver talent that's in this class. Like 
this receiver class, it, it doesn't have a Jamar Chase. I don't think it even has a Jerry Judy, CD Lamb in it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so Traylon Burks is, is my wide receiver one at this time. But there's a, just kind of a clump of guys at the top. And then there's like a tear break. And then there's another big clump of guys. You know, but I, so I think it's deep, but I don't think it's, you know, there's not really anybody top heavy, but the depth of the class, I think, is going to push Christian Watson out of day two. And the hit rate for wide receivers that don't, that go on day three is low. So if he goes day three as a 50 or 60 year guy from an FBS school, I don't really care how fast he moves in a straight line or how big he is. I'm just, I'm not interested either. It's funny because I hear people say a lot like, well, we went from this class is garbage to this class isn't as bad as everybody thought to this class is super deep. I don't think this class is very deep. Like, I just really don't. I know I'm kind of a harsh grader, but I don't have – I have like four tier one guys, like if that, like, and not that many tier two guys. So, so that that's what I consider like top like 80 selections in the draft. Like it's just – I – I say that day on Twitter. I've, I like. I'm sure there will be a player or two that's really good from this class, but I'm not going to be sitting here trying to figure out who it is. Um, so I have sold off almost all my picks, and I'm fine with it. Um, and I, I, yeah, I don't think it's deep. Like I don't even like. There's a couple guys that are moderately interesting, like Tyler Beatty. But oh, now we're getting into running backs. I know, but I, mean, I, I find Beatty interesting too, actually. But um, just sticking to the receivers. There's there's guys that I like that are further down the board. Um, it's really going to depend on draft capital for me. But guys, when I say I think it's like a deeper class, guys that I'm thinking of are uh, Khalil Shakir. I like Khalil Shakir. Um, Jalen Tolbert is another guy that I like. I'm, I'm interested in him. And obviously, once these if these guys go after day three, then I'm no longer interested. Jalen uh, Tolbert dropped for me with his way in. He weighed in at what one eighty five. Well, it's, he was two inches shorter. Oh, the height. Yeah. What, six, one, six, one. six foot. Yeah, six one. Yeah. Six one, 185. Man, that's your archetype. He doesn't move like that, though. He moves like he's 6'3", 185. And that's why I was moderately intrigued. And now that I found out he's 6'1", I don't give a shit. Mm. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I, I think this, there's, there's, some, there's some wide receivers that I find intriguing in this class. But Christian Watson... Really not one of him. I think he's a guy that's going to get overdrafted here. So I am out on him. Uh, another guy that I think is uh, going to get overdrafted. We're hearing a lot of uh, Malik Willis QB1 buzz. Um, where are you at on Malik Willis after this week? Don't care about him. Don't so care about him. Are we? I, I mean, there, there there were some, like, reportedly he did, he looked phenomenal in the practices. Are we really surprised by that? I mean, for me, the senior bowl and like those types of practices seem like the environment where Malik Willis is going to shine. It's kind of scripted. It's limited as far as what the quarterback's being asked to do reads wise. And it just is kind of an opportunity for him to really show off his tools, which we all knew that he had. So it doesn't really surprise me that he looked really good in the practices. If you, it's more like, I don't care if you look good at those practices, but if you don't look good, then you're dead to rights. 
we're going to talk about a guy like that here in a few minutes. Um, but yeah. Yeah, that um, so so cute. Malik Willis is not your QB one now. I wouldn't draft a single quarterback in this class in the first round of an NFL draft, and I wouldn't. I'm not interested in any of them for dynasty. That's interesting. Zero interest. Not I've been saying that for months. I don't know. Even interested in Matt Corral, Sam Howell, maybe moderately intriguing. That's what. That's what I was going to say. Sam Howell, but I'm worried about him too. Hmm. Interesting. Sam Howell. Um, I if I'm an NFL franchise, I consider him in the first round. I would probably take him. Matt Corral. He's got the tools. I'd probably take him in the first round. I think he is probably a little bit more on the spectrum of Josh Allen to Jordan Love. I think he probably falls a little closer to Jordan Love than he does Josh Allen. Um, but he has the tools, so he's still interesting. To me. I, I have watched more Matt Corral than any other player in this entire class. And I'm out. Out. I think he's reckless still. I think he borderline can't read a defense. And it might, again, be tied to just his recklessness that he attempts stuff that he has no business doing. Um, so I'm I'm totally out on Matt Corral. No interest. I've watched almost every single snap from his for the last two years, probably at least once, if not twice at this point. Interesting. Uh, the other big um, big s- story of the event is how good Damon Pierce looked. Damon Pierce, running back from Florida, uh, I believe there's a stat floating out there. He never exceeded 160 touches in his time at college. He was always really a committee back. Um, weighed in at 5'9", 220 pounds. But there was a lot of buzz around how good Damon Pierce looked at this event. Has Damon Pierce jumped at all for you here in the rankings? No. Next question. No interest at all. No interest at all in Damon. No Pierce. interest at all. No. Man, you're not. You're really, you're really not giving me much here. We're well, 50 really minutes into a show, Colin. I mean, I'm not giving you much here. <laughs> Fair enough. This um, whole this whole class is crap. This whole class is crap. Whole class is crap. The sooner we embrace it, the sooner we can move on with our lives and get to the real meat. This is like the salad for Colin. I'll put it in the terms you understand. At the beginning of the meal that you will never eat, and the big juicy steak is coming in 2023. You just got to wait. You can give us the person <laughs> beside you your salad. That's okay. It's not going to hurt anybody. That is one of the better metaphors you've had on the show. Yeah. I'll give you that one. Um, just to elaborate a little bit more on Damon Pierce. Uh, he reportedly looked really good in his pass catching, uh, his pass protection as well. Um, and at 5'9, 220 pounds, he's got lead back size, so he is a guy that I do feel like I need to go back and take another look at. But I was not all that interested in the first time around, so I don't know how much he's going to rise for me. But I think his performance at the senior bowl has warranted another look. Uh, I already know where you're going with this one because I know you and two, because I have the show sheet here in front of me, but uh, let's time for our takes on the senior bowl. Who was your biggest riser at this event? My biggest riser after this event was 
Nobody, because my rankings don't change based on the senior bowl, and neither should yours, people. That's all I got. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is what I'm working with, guys. This is what I'm working with. I saw a big name analyst the other day who has about 20,000 followers going, your ranking should be so fluid right now this time of year. Like, and I was like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? Like, you have no idea what you're talking about. That's how you end up. That dude probably has 20 CEH shares sitting on benches somewhere. <laughs> Ouch. Um, well, fortunately for the listeners, I am actually here to provide some content instead of none as my answer. Uh, a guy that did rise for me is Trey McBride. And I think this is a fairly weak tight end class overall. Um, Jalen Weidermeyer is my tight end one right now, but he's not somebody that I'm all that interested in. Uh, Trey McBride, on the other hand, look has looked really good in a pretty poor passing offense the past two years. Um, he has... <laughs> pretty poor that's an understatement <laughs> um yeah he was the Mackey award winner this past year uh he had a 37 percent market share uh this year uh i believe it was up closer to 60 percent last year um so he has he has looked really good with a subpar offense it was in the mountain West conference. So not a conference that we typically think of as having some fantastic defenses, but the fact that he was able to go to the senior bowl, answer some questions, uh, you know, against some better competition definitely had him rise up a little bit for me in what is a muddled tight end class. I think the tight end ha- class this year has some intriguing options they don't have anybody that I would say I feel great about. Uh, but Trey McBride has started to separate himself a little bit. And uh, I'm going to have to adjust him in my rankings, but he's probably going to climb into my top three tight ends in this class. Yeah, it feels like a class that there's going to be like 10 tight ends that hang around for forever, but none that ever like, you know, mm-hmm. that's the guy. So I do like, I'd like Trey McBride, but I think I already kind of like Trey McBride. So he measured it a little shorter than I thought he was going to, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, so who was your biggest faller at this event? All right. You ready for this one? Mm-hmm. Here we go. Drum roll, please. <laughs> no one, because your ranking shouldn't change during the senior bowl. Again, thank you, as always, for your uh, phenomenal insights who, and elaborative who, takes. Who was yours, though, Colin? I'm dying to know. Oh, well, thank you. I'm very glad yeah, that you asked. Yeah. Um, a guy that really disappointed me this week is Dontario Drummond, wide receiver from Old Miss. I wasn't super interested in him to begin with, but he reportedly looked very slow, could not separate, and he couldn't even really go up and get the ball against some of the better competitions. He, you know, that was one of the things that he did okay at Old Miss. Um, you know, he also had some some after the catch ability there, and given how poorly he looked against the corners there, uh, he's just pretty much off my board at this point. Um, he wasn't particularly high on it, but now he's off of it, so he is a yeah. faller. 
he never belonged there anyway. I was really surprised that he got. Did it seem like they just had a way bigger group of people there than usual? Like, I think they extended mm-hmm. too many invites. They're just like not bums, but like just guys that just don't belong there. There, it was pretty apparent. I thought, right, and I, I think that's kind of where the the guys that got snubbed from the combine, like Jareth Stearns, I think that would have been an intriguing guy to watch there. Like, that's a guy that I want to see go up against, you know some of the better corners in the senior class. I kind of already knew what Dontario Drummond was. Didn't really need to see that. I mean, like I said, it helped me to completely eliminate him off my board. So that means, you know, take it for what it is. But like Alec Pierce was another guy kind of confused me as to why he was invited. Didn't really need to see him there. Wasn't really interested in him to begin with. Um, so I wanted to, I would prefer if they're going to extend more invites, extend more of these invites to guys like Christian Watson, at least where, you know, we want to see what they do against better competition because they looked, they had something that flashed in their time at whatever school that they were at. That was a lower level. So. Yeah. Uh, Last, thank you again, as always, for your elaborative takes. Last thing, biggest surprise for you from the event. Um, so the biggest surprise for me was the negative reviews on Carson Strong. And I think if you have followed me in any sort of capacity for any length of time, you know that I am not a Carson strong guy at all and it's not like like if everyone's like well you say he's a statue then you don't know football and my thing is that he just like when stuff is happening around him he is not creative as a passer at all like zero percent creativity so if there's any sort of stuff any sort of you know anything going on around him he's just worthless as a passer just completely completely worthless we yeah, said no, this mm-hmm. uh, this is the kind of thing we just talked about this a few minutes ago where if you go to the senior bowl, you better look really good in these practices because they're designed for you to look really good. I've heard nothing but negative reviews on Carson Strong from people that I actually consider like trustworthy sources on this stuff. They've said that he honestly was not very it was pr- it was a poor as a passer and I heard from two different places that the Jets, he was with the Jets coaching staff, the Jets were trying to get him to run this offense, and he basically said no thank you and was trying to run his own thing throughout the week. And if that's true, this dude is going to fall 50-plus spots in the draft because that is just like a crushing blow to a quarterback's reputation. I've not heard a single... like positive review again about from anybody that I trust as an actual talent evaluator about Carson Strong this week. So I think that's going to absolutely crush his stock. Day one is no longer in the cards, in my opinion. I, I don't think he goes anywhere close to day one. I think him and Desmond Ritter hurt themselves in the eyes of the NFL a lot this week because Ritter was also fairly poor. Mm-hmm. Right. And we had talked about that last week. Um, you know, reports about Ritter were not looking particularly good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, with Carson Strong, I just, um, I thought he was a really good college quarterback. And that's really about it. I was, 
people had been talking about him going day one. I would have been surprised by that. I think he's more in the Kyle Trask range of prospects. I think if this was a decade ago, he probably is a first round pick, you know, but the game has changed. And I just, I don't think Carson Strong has enough of the attributes and the traits to be a success in the modern NFL. And then, like you said, with the whole not running the offense that he was asked to run, just kind of solidifies that. Uh, my big surprise from the week here was everybody being shocked over how good Willis looked in practice. Uh, like I talked about a little bit earlier, this seemed like the event that you would expect Willis to perform well at. The Combine, going to be an event that Willis looks good at. His pro day, he's going to look good at these events. Like These things are not surprising. What we need to see with Willis is the ability to read a defense, the ability to, I don't want to say, there were times, there's times, there's times with his drop back, there's times with his mechanics where he just looks very off. And, you know, in a very controlled setting like that, typically, you know, it, it looks better than it doesn't. But in a game situation, he's kind of all over the place. Again, like I said, I don't think he really reads the defense very well. Those are my biggest concerns. Um, so that's what I want to see where, you know, in the game, he didn't really attempt that many passes. He went two for four for 11 yards. Um, you know, so, so that didn't answer any questions for me. You know, guys like Bailey Zappi went eight for 13 for 103 yards. Kenny Pickett, six for six, 89 yards. Um, even Desmond Ritter went four for six for 68 yards you know that those are better results there than two for four for 11 yards that doesn't tell me anything and that the game was what i wanted to see malik willis in and he just he didn't answer any questions for me like i'm not double counting these performances that's a good way to put it that's a really good way to put it i have nothing else to add because that's a great way to phrase that not going to double count well look at you giving me compliments colin makes a good point v2 that's like our second most downloaded episode of the podcast ever. And I think it's basically because, <laughs> because. of the title. <laughs> Colin I was looking at that the other day and it gave me a good laugh, by the way. For anybody People like, know, oh, about three weeks ago, we named an episode of Campus Life. Colin finally has a good point. <laughs> <laughs> and people wanted to tune in and be like, oh, let's hear this good point. And yeah. then they find out later that uh, Travis Koontz went to the NFL. Yeah, I had no idea. It was not a good point. For yeah, shout out Nate Marquise for letting us know that one. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's going to do it there for senior bowl wrap ups. Like I do think you summed it up pretty well. Like this shouldn't change your stock too much. What it should do is the, the way to think, the way I think about the senior bowl is I hear reports from people who were there. I see some clips, you know, check out some practice videos. And if something surprised me, I will go back and I'll rewatch that person and see if, you know, what I saw the first time was still how I feel. If maybe I missed something, um, that's the way that I approach it. I'm not going to dramatically rise or fall players in my rankings off of this. Um, but there is an event coming up this weekend that we should probably touch on before we close out the show. And that's I'm the getting my haircut. Oh, Super Bowl. Sorry. Yeah. I need a haircut really bad. Uh, yeah, you could use one. When's the last time you had a haircut? Like eight weeks ago. <laughs> Oof. 
Yeah, you could probably use a haircut. I've been busy. Hmm. That's fair. That's fair. Um, Super Bowl this week. Rams, oh, Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Rams, Bengals. First off, got any plans for the Super Bowl this weekend? Staying at home. We've done nice. it the past couple of years. It's been nice. We usually cook up like some homemade wings with like some sauce that we we dish up or buffalo chicken dip. And um, Kels makes these awesome uh, soft pretzels. Sometimes Ooh. we'll make those. Yeah, she makes a really good soft pretzel. So I don't know what we'll do this year, but something. I like the donuts like she that. made. So the donuts were good. Yeah, she's a great she's a great baker. Like just mm. crazy good. She makes banana bread all the time. Mm. That's why I can't lose any damn weight. She won't stop fucking <laughs> making banana bread. But I can't tell her to stop. So right, I'm stuck. You want to encourage her? Here. Yeah, you yeah. want to encourage her? Yeah, no, I get that. Um, so Super Bowl prediction: Who wins? Well, as a lifelong Rams fan, I think I have to say the Rams. That's fair. Okay. I would agree with that. I do think the Rams are the better team in this one. Yeah, I do expect them to. Uh, so the line was four and a half last time I looked. I actually think the Rams cover. I think the Rams are a good bit right. better team. I think Aaron Donald and Vaughn Miller are going to give the Bengals O-line some problems. And while I think Chase is a really good player and he has panned out very well, and I don't think that the Bengals should regret that pick, I think we're going to see in this game why people were saying that maybe they should consider Penny Sewell. I just think the Rams have been here, and a lot of the guys that are on that roster now were around, and this, you know, obviously the head coach certainly was. I just think that gives you an edge. The Bengals are a very young team. I think that's just a difficult ask. Uh, for them to to pull something off like that, I agree with that. Uh, do you have a score prediction? Twenty seven, twenty one. Okay, okay. Um, no, no analysis beyond that. I don't know how I got to that score, but fair enough. You just yeah, just pulled that one out of your ass. All right, fair enough. Um, no, like I said, I, I do think the Rams are going to cover this one fairly handily, but I, I do think it's going to be decently high scoring. Um, give me 30, 24. The Super Bowl is just always so cagey. Like everyone's kind of afraid to make a mistake, especially in the first half. Mm-hmm. So I, I never really project teams to, to score, you know, more than 30 points because of that. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair, but I do like both of these offenses. So I think by the time the second half rolls around, I think the second half is going to be more exciting. Um, do you have an MVP prediction on this one? Stafford. I think it's got to be Stafford. I think, you know, if the, if the Rams win, barring some just ridiculous defensive performance that goes to Donald or Von Miller, I think it's it's Stafford. And, you know, it's probably by like the third quarter. I think it, it's, it's obvious that that's who it is if they win. I agree. I think it's going to be Stafford, too. My dark horse candidate, though, is Cooper Cup. Um, I could see, I, I think Stafford's going to have a, a nice performance, but I could see a lot of his yardage going to Cooper cup. Um, so that's what makes me think that they could maybe give it to him. I could see cup. I just think Stafford, like Stafford's it's been around so long. Like, you know, everyone loves him. Like, I think that gives him the edge. Cause it's like a lot of it's vote. Right. I mean, yeah, so. that's true. That's true. Um, any other random thoughts here? 
any 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 prop bets you want to highlight i haven't looked at the props at all um i was thinking about it i'll probably look on this maybe on saturday um i'm just a lifelong rams fan man so you know rooting for my rams pulling for my rams um hate the Bengals. go rams Mm -hmm. that's all i got um my only thing on the prop bet is the over under for that i have seen for the national anthem is at 95 and a half seconds um i saw somebody do like a timing of the average um and it's been 96 seconds so i think that line is very accurately placed easy money baby give me give me the over give me the over man look at you i know betting machine uh that is gonna do it here for us tonight though um sure rate and review the show you know we always appreciate that is you can always do it on on apple podcasts but now you can do it on spotify you can at least rate the show five stars appreciate we appreciate that helps us out um check out the family of podcasts we got we got a lot of a lot of content we got something dropping every day we got chasing the natty this the uh, jared's cff jared's um college football podcast that drops on mondays we got campus life drops on tuesdays debbie debate wednesdays um we got uh, this show can't bound drops on Thursdays, FF Roundtable. They bring, I think, two shows a week. Daily draft report from Dwight Peebles. Uh, that drops daily, like they suggest. We got something for you every single day. So check out the feed. Uh, also check out the YouTube page. We got a new show going on over there, College Football Filtered. It's a morning show by Chris Moxley. It's about 15, 20 minutes in the morning, breaking down some college mm-hmm. news for you. Uh, I was up early enough one time to watch it live so far. I was really proud of myself that day too. 7 a.m. or 7.15 or something. Yeah, Yeah, I'm never up that early. Um, Well, when I have to go into work, I'm up at like a little after 7. But I'm busting my ass to get ready and get into work on time so I'm not late. Uh, Uh, You're that guy that 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 spends as many minutes as possible in his bed, right? Yes, Mm -hmm. 100%. I kind of am that way a little bit too. But I yeah, like Kelsey like is not. She gets up and then she spends like an hour and a half like just like walking around doing shit. I'm like get out, go to work. <laughs> she doesn't listen to this, but so yeah, that's fine. There's there's no there's no threat to my well being until I show her. I'll kill you. Uh, but that's gonna do it for us here tonight. Uh, make sure you keep an eye out for the early week show, Campus Life. Uh, we'll be coming to you on. We'll record it on Monday, drop it on Tuesdays like always. But until then, uh, enjoy the weekend. Have fun with the Super Bowl. I'm Colin. I'm Austin.